bringing hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otterville. And now, today's word. I read an article recently, I'm not sure how valid it is, but uh, most of you know that the big Catholic cathedral in, in Paris, Notre Dame, uh, got burned, and the wood uh, that was used to construct the roof and the ceilings and so on uh, is very old wood. And um, it's difficult to go back and get wood from that era, 400, 500 years ago. And uh, somebody was suggesting that wood from Ghana can be used for that. Wow. Ghana can produce wood that is that old and can be used for that? Yes. Because, you know, when the Volta Lake was built, when the Akosumbo Dam was built uh, and they created the dam, the, a flood occurred. It created a flood and the flood covered a lot of forests. So in the Volta Dam are wood that have been submerged. There's a huge forest under the Volta Dam, under the Volta Lake, of wood that has been submerged and is now high quality wood. Now, the people who live around the Volta don't have any value for that wood. But can you imagine wood that we have no value for has value in high places? And, and that is how God sees it. Sometimes your life is like a piece of wood and, and nobody sees any value in you. They burn you. They throw you away. They, they use you for nothing. And God sees you, your substance, yet unformed. And he sees purpose in your life. I don't know what you see about your life, but God sees something in you that nobody else can see. That's why you cannot take people's impression of you as the standard for your life. You cannot say, nobody sees who I am, so I don't see who I am. Even if you don't see value, there is a master craftsman, his name is Jehovah, and when he sees you, you are not firewood to be burned. You are a masterpiece to be discovered. He says, your eyes saw me even when I was on form. I came here to tell somebody your greater years are ahead of you. Because God sees potential in you. He sees greatness in you. And not only does he see your potential before his substance, he has written about us in the word, in his word. The Bible is God's word to us. It's God's mirror to us. When we read the Bible, we see ourselves. The stories in the Bible are our stories. The people in the Bible are us. He has written about us. Yes, you will hear uh, of people like Abraham, and you will hear of David, and you hear of Goliath, and you hear of Pharaoh, and you hear of Moses, but they are all you. He didn't write it for them. Those people cannot read. Moses cannot read his story. David cannot read his story. Abraham cannot read his story. Pharaoh cannot read his story. Esther cannot read her story. Hannah cannot read her story. So it wasn't written for them. It was written for you. Because their story is your story. In life, sometimes you, you are a David. And sometimes you are a Goliath. Oh, you think you're only David? 
Because sometimes you are the little person that God uses to do big things. And sometimes, unfortunately, we want to become the big things that intimidate the little people. And so when you read the Bible, God is writing about you. Avoid becoming a Goliath and be a David. It's a mirror of who you can become. It's a mirror of your potential. Don't be a Pharaoh. Be a Moses. But there are people who are Pharaohs. There are people who try to imprison others. Unfortunately, sometimes even believers can become Pharaohs. Sometimes pastors can become Pharaohs. None of you is a Pharaoh. I know you're looking at me very, very disappointed and say, Pastor, please, I don't want to be a Pharaoh. Yeah, I don't want you to be a Pharaoh too. So when you see that potentially you are becoming Pharaohic, <laughs> then you can repent and turn away from your Pharaoh ways. If you're becoming a Goliath, you repent and say, I don't want to be a Goliath, I want to be a David. If you're becoming a Samson with a Delilah, you say, yeah, I want to be a Samson, but not with Delilah. I want to be a Samson that tears apart a lion. What kind of Samson do I want to be? What kind of a David do I want to be? Do I want to be a David with Bathsheba or a David who worships the Lord and dances before the Lord? Do I want to be a Moses who murders or a Moses who says to the powers that be, let my people go? God has written about you in his word. So anytime you read the Bible, your, the stories are your story. And in that, God is telling you, this is what you can become. This is whom I want you to be. This is where I want you to rise to. This is how I want you to deal with this situation. Because that story is not about the person I'm writing about. They are dead. They can't read it. It's about the living who can see themselves in the word of God and claim for themselves what God has shown them in his word. God has a place for us in the book he has written. Everybody say, God has a place for me in the book he has written. So when you read the Bible, you are not reading ancient literature. You are reading contemporary news of who you are and what you can be. And in his word, he has great and precious promises for us. All the promises of God are for us. He has promised us his presence. He has promised us his help. He has promised us his peace. He has promised us his joy. He has promised us his victory. And when you read those promises, they are not for the people who are dead is for those of us who are alive that we can take hold of that which God has taken hold of us so God has a place for us in the world he has created in the word he has written and God has a place for us in his work on earth there is a place for us in what God is doing God is working Jesus said, my father works, and so I work. God didn't stop working. You know, many, many times people read uh, the, the account in the book of Genesis uh, that says God rested on the seventh day. 
and think that was it. He just, from there, he stopped working. Now, he rested on the seventh day. He didn't stop working, and he continues to work. He continues to work. God is still working. He's doing marvelous things in this world. And you want to see yourself as part of what God is doing. Your life here on earth is necessary. That's why you are here. Your life is in God's word. And there is a place for you in what God is doing. Matthew chapter 20 verses 1 to 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 18 to 20. Matthew 21 to 2 says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. Now when he had agreed with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. A landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard, and he sent them into his vineyard. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18 to 20. Now all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ, and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. We are laborers in his vineyard. What a privilege it is to be employed by God. I don't know where everybody works in this place. Some of you work, uh, you do work for government, Ministry of Mobilization, or you work for Ministry of Health, Ministry of Education, or if you are in private business, maybe you work for MTN, or uh, some other company, or you work for Antiochia in her shop, or Mr. Blueman in his uh, fitting shop. Everybody works somewhere, and there's a place I work for, ICGC. But there, there are places that when you work at, you, 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 you go bragging about it. And there are places that when you work at, you don't want people to know. You like the pay, but you don't want anybody to know that's where you work. So I suppose if, if, if you work for Apple computers, wherever the conversation is, <laughs> without any link to Apple, you will bring Apple into the conversation. You say, you know, as, as they tell us in Apple every day when we go to work, <laughs> you, you will find a way to bring your workplace into the conversation. But if you work for PWD, I, I think you will avoid that conversation. You wouldn't say, as they tell us in PWD, you know. You just... <laughs> Public Works Department. 
And, I, and I've known people who work in places or have worked in places, and every conversation they will bring, oh, you know, when I used to work here, and I, when I used to work for this, and when I used to work for the World Bank, and when I used to be in the IMF, when I, when I, when I used to work for Morgan Stanley, when I used to work for, um, uh, who are the big ones? What? And, and they quote those places. Oh, when I used to work for here, and when I used to work for there. And these are companies that are pretty nicely respected in the world. Some of them are old, some of them are very new. But the Bible says that beyond all of that, we work for somebody. And he created the guy who started Apple. And he created the earth we live in. He's called the Ancient of Days. You want to know what he produces. He produces the universe, the galaxies. He produces the stars, the moon. He produces solar systems. He produces rivers and mountains. And he produces human beings. He produces angels and archangels. He's a manufacturer of all of that. And you work for him. You work for him. And it's interesting that you didn't even apply for a job. How many times, I mean, if you try to apply for some of these big companies in the world, you go for interviews and interviews and interviews and interviews and finally tell you, we're sorry. But this big God who produces this spectacular world, the Bible says he came to recruit us. And he employed us to work for him in his vineyard. The greatest honor in the world is to work for God. You say, well, but uh, yes, you may work for PWD at one level. But if you've responded to the Lord and you love him, then you work for him. So if somebody asks you, where do you work? You can choose. You can say, well, I, want, I work for the ancient of days. I work for a guy who feeds the whole world. I work for a guy who made all things created all things and keeps everything operating he operates the biggest manufacturing company the biggest logistic company the biggest human welfare human interest company by that time they're going to ask you which company is that it's God's company and I like all these great people Apple and all of that but if they don't work for God and they are not working for the superior one, they are nothing. But if you work for him, and you are partaking in his work on earth, that what is important to him is important to you, whom he wants to talk to, he uses you to talk to them. So when he wants to touch people's lives, he's going to say, go and touch their lives. 
He wants to encourage somebody, he's going to ask you, encourage them. He wants to change somebody's life, he's going to ask you, pray for them. So every day, we are working for him, the ruler of the universe. We are part of God's workforce. And don't ever underestimate it. That you are counted worthy to work for God. That you are counted worthy to be part of his labor force. And the interesting thing that 2 Corinthians tells us is that, yes, we are laborers in his vineyard, but we are also his ambassadors. We are his accredited representatives. So when we go out to work for him, there are privileges he gives us. And immunities that he gives us. We are God's representatives. God's ambassadors. The work we do for him is important. If God wants to heal somebody, he's not going to tell Jeff Bezos. He doesn't know how to work for God. He's going to tell you. And he's going to tell you, go and pray for him, lay hands on him. Jeff Bezos cannot do that. Presidents of nations cannot do that. Very rich conglomerate leaders cannot do that. They don't even know how to pray. If you, if you tell them, pray, they say, pray what? They don't know how to pray. They don't know how to talk to God. They don't know how to pray for the sick. They don't know how to hear from God. But here you are. On earth, everybody says, oh, but you just work for PWD. But you hear from God. And when he wants to touch somebody, you are the one he talks to. When he wants to change something in the universe, you are the one he's going to wake up to pray and intercede for that to happen. You are a workman for him in his vineyard. And an ambassador for him. Don't devalue your work for the Lord. The work we do for God is important. The service to him is the greatest thing on earth. Because in the end, in the final judgment, that is going to be the basis of human evaluation. What you did for God. Not what you did for yourself or what you did for your country. It's good to save your country. But if you stand before God on judgment day, you're not going to say, Sir, Jehovah, I was an assembly man <laughs> in Ghana. I was an MP. I was voted by my constituents. God says, yeah, yeah that's, that's, that's not bad. But that's not what I'm asking for. What did you do for me? When I spoke to you, did you hear? When I guided you, did you obey? When I wanted you to touch somebody's life, did you touch their lives? When I wanted you to pray, did you pray? When I wanted you to win souls, did you win souls? The work we do for God is the highest honor God places on us.
Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mensah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.